Welcome to Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features interesting people with fun, fascinating stories about their journeys in the performing arts. Authors, actors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, comics, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a production of the Foul Players Group and a proud member of the SJ Network. And welcome again to the Rising from the Ashes edition of Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden, and tonight's guest is Michael Glenn Moore. Michael's a podcast host and a producer that I met through the SJ Network this past year. He is the host of In a City Like Yours, the Coast to Coast Power Hour, and produces Scott Silverman's Happy Hour. Scott Silverman was also a guest on Foul Players Radio recently. We discussed recording techniques, some old school recording techniques, our favorite podcasts, some true crime, technology, and some of the guests we've had in common since we've been working with SJ Network. Subscribe for free at www.foulplayersradio.com or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, or Podfriend. Also, The Foul Players of Perryville are now booking murder mystery shows for the late summer and fall of 2021. We do indoor or outdoor venues, trains, boats, office parties, fundraisers, or just for the heck of it. 443-600-0446, or you can find us at www.foulplayersofperryville.com. Foulplayersperryville at yahoo.com is our email address. Ring us up. We'll be sure to... uh, put on a great show for you. We'll be back with Michael Glenn Moore right after these words. Howdy. It's Matt Glenn here. Popping in to let you know about the adventures of the albino rhino. It's a show. Uh, Frank, the giraffe here, my whole host, James Godwin and myself put on for you guys twice a week. Uh, every Wednesday we talk to a comedian and every Friday we call it freaky Friday. The show itself is not safe for work, and that freak is definitely a different word. I just don't know what podcast you're going to be listening to this promo on, and I don't want to, uh, you know, start screaming explicatives while you're sitting in your office. If you're lucky enough to have been able to go back to the work that you did before inside of an office or whatever, you know, but we go on a, an adventure twice a week, and it's a good time because we get to sit down and talk to some really cool people. Uh, and I enjoy it because, you know, I'm just curious little albino who uh, likes to get to know folks. You know, you can find us a couple ways, actually multiple ways. Really, man, there's a lot of different ways to find us. You can find us through our central hub, which is www.albinorhino.me. It's the website find me on. And then, you know, the podcast, you can find the videos on YouTube. Search for Adventures of the Albino Rhino. Also linkable from our website. And you can also find us through Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. That's right. We're on the same place Joe Rogan is. Granted, we're not we're not the Joe Rogan experience, but you know what I mean? We're there. We're there. So give us a listen. Promise you won't be promise you won't be dissatisfied. And enjoy your day.
is going on, minions? Mike here for Misery Point Radio, and you're listening to the Coast to Coast Power Hour on the SJ Network. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mike, what the F is a Coast to Coast Power Hour? Well, my uneducated and uninformed friend, the Coast to Coast Power Hour is a Borg-like collective of epic podcasters from epic podcasts that have all come together to discuss the important things in life. Pop culture, current events, random awesomeness, stuff like that. Trust me, you need this in your life. For more information on this show and all the shows on the Coast to Coast Power Hour, as well as on the SJ Network, reach out to publicist Steve Joyner at www.s-j-network.com or stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. No need to thank me. I'm just out here, you know, changing lives. What's Your Effin' Binge is a podcast brought to you by Chris, Anchor, and Spotify. And what we talk to our guests about is what they're currently binge-watching on TV. And uh, what we do is we like to uh, take a different approach. I don't want to know what the name of the show is that they're going to talk about before they come on. I have to actually guess it. So I ask them who, what, when, where, why, and uh, try to figure out what it is that they're watching. A lot of times I'm able to guess it. And sometimes I'm not, and that's fine. That adds to the comedy of the show. We like to bring our guest on, whether they're a model or an actress or a producer or a musician, and just let them have a platform to be able to tell everybody what they have coming up next and also entertain everybody with what's worth watching. So I hope everybody tunes in for the next episode of What's Your Effin' Binge. Thanks. It's Chris. So, Michael Glenn Moore, it's a pleasure to have you on Foul Players Radio tonight. You know, I've been looking at your podcast, and I really kind of like your format, and I like what you do, you know, in a city like yours. And I've enjoyed, you know, getting to know you and everybody through SJ over the last few months. So, welcome to Foul Players Radio. Thank you so much. <laughs> Two Michaels yep. today. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, so tell us about your show. I know you've been with SJ for a good while, and you produce a lot of other podcasts and everything. And so tell us a bit about what you're doing here. You know, this is, it's, it's interesting. I've been looking into it, but I'd kind of rather, you know, hear it from the, uh, from the creator's mouth, if you know what sure, I mean. Sure. I, uh, I got interested in podcasting from being an avid true, true crime podcast, uh, listener. I really got into true crime for some reason. I'm kind of gotten away from that now, uh -huh. but in the very beginning, I was listening to sword and scale, uh, generation oh, yeah. Y and, uh, true crime garage and all the big ones. Oh yeah. Me too. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the guy, one of the guys from uh, generation Y, uh, Justin, um, he started his, another podcast, a side project called the peripheral. Okay. And it was, uh, he'd have people come on and they talk about taboo subjects. And that really intrigued me. So I thought about, you know, maybe I'd like to do something that's similar, not the same as his, but something similar. So I'll start it in a city like yours, which is a true story podcast where I ask guests to come on and, and relate a story of something that has happened to them in their life that has mm -hmm. been a major impact on them, something that has changed them in some significant way. So I get very interesting um, podcasters and actors, um, writers, and all kinds of people come on and uh, relate their story. And then we talk about what they do for a living, like uh, what their art is. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to have you on um, 
shortly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about whatever story you have, and then we'll talk about your acting and your uh, being in, in the music industry in the eighties and your podcasting as well. So that, it's mm -hmm. just something that I do with all my, all my listeners. And I'm highly affiliated with the SJ network, Steve Joyner, who is a publicist and uh, he gets me, you know, almost a hundred percent of my guests. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at first I had to kind of rely on hustling and trying to find people to come on my show, especially when I was new at it. I've, um, I've been two years in February. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know, so once I found Steve, it, was, it things got, once started going a lot smoother cause I was getting steady guests. Right, so uh, right. I'll release two episodes a month. Uh, sometimes I'll do three or four, just depending. I might, you know, do a bonus episode. Uh, but normally it's two episodes a month and, mm -hmm. Uh, because I, I have another podcast that I work on called uh, Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour with Scott Silverman. Sure. Who is a uh, recovery specialist. He was um, a drug addict and alcoholic for many years ago. Uh, back, you know, he's been in recovery for 30 years. So way back in the day uh, in the 80s, he was uh, in really, really sad shape and um, got to the point to where he almost committed suicide. And that's when oh. he decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get uh, sober. So anyway, I had him on as a guest through Steve and he decided that he wanted, Scott decided that he wanted to do his own podcast. So Steve uh, approached me to help him to help Scott uh, set up a podcast. Cause I, you know, pretty much, you know, you, 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 once you do a podcast and you get it started from ground floor, you know, quite a bit, you, you know, oh, I yeah. did a lot of, a lot of research on YouTube and things like that to really learn the ins and out of how to do the editing and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. that's what kind of Steve wanted me to help Scott with. Well, it turned out that I became Scott's co-host. So, <laughs> oh, so I'm good. now, I'm now his producer and co-host. I don't talk a lot on his show. He's, he's really good at covering all the questions and keeping the flow of things, but I'm there in case something comes up and questions are asked. And I put in my two cents towards the end and ask questions of the, of the, of the guests that we have, but all the guests are, they deal with some, some realm of recovery and addiction. Mm -hmm. And the third podcast that I'm involved in is called coast to coast power hour, oh, which right, is right. a conglomeration of podcasters from the SJ network who get together three or four of us, uh, that kind of rotates, get together and do a variety hour where we talk about just whatever. And it's, we're trying to be funny. I'm not a funny guy. So <laughs> I, I like to have someone who is funny so I can kind of bounce off my, my, my boring personality on somebody who's got, you know, who's, who you make you laugh or whatever. So, um, but that's interesting. And I, I produce that as well. I tend to think that I'm funny, but, um, yeah, that, that's up to debate. That's up to, uh, usually the uh, verdict is out on that for a while. Sometimes Well, I, I when I was younger, I, I thought myself funny, but some, somehow <laughs> when I got older, I'm, I'm 50, uh, 59 now mm -hmm. I kind of lost my sense of humor. I don't know if it's, if I'm jaded or what, but uh. You know, I kind of would like to get that back, but you know, pretty much I'm, I'm, you know, not a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 51 and 12 at the same time. So uh, that's kind of where yeah. I am on that. But, um, you know, I, I think you, know, you and I kind of have, uh, uh, in common, you know, something you know, very similar is the fact that, um, you know, I also love those true crime podcasts and, you know, the sword and scales and the true crime garage and the generation Y. And then there was been a couple of other ones that I've listened to. They're all really well done. And I just get myself glued to listening to those. Um, you know, and of course, as I'm listening to sword and scale, I always have to get the person's name and look them up, <laughs> look oh, up their yeah, mugshot yeah. and everything. 
But the one thing that I've always been fascinated with is a good story. It's a good story. And, you know, my podcast, you know, foul players radio that I've been involved with now for, I guess, almost three years is one that tells people's story about them in the performing arts um, and, and some other areas too, but mostly the arts, whether it be, you know, writing or dancing or singing or playing music or acting or whatever. Um, I like hearing the, the story of those journeys people have had, you know, because, and I've been doing it as kind of an oral history of, you know, what's going on in my home state of Maryland. You know, a lot of the people that were popular here lately, um, just like, you know, you, you know, I've been with Steve Joyner and, um, you know, I've kind of went from doing two to four a month to being like Lucille ball in the candy factory <laughs> with all <laughs> the guests that he's been sending my way, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like too, j- there's just nothing like a good story, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. to do a podcast. It's not as easy as people may think it is. Right. Um, right. The, the editing process for me is probably the most work that I put into it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of enjoy that part of it. So it's not so bad, but mm-hmm. it does take me a while sometimes to edit one, you know, 30 minute show, like with Scott H. Silverman, I had problems with his volume on his, uh, on his mic one day. Sure. He lives in San Diego. I'm in Louisiana. So we're not, mm-hmm. we're not together. Uh, we do it through zoom. And, um, uh, so it took a good, almost three hours to edit a 30 minute show because I had to con- you know constantly, uh, check the levels of the volume. So I had to go through and individually pick out his, his volume and, and up it some, so mm-hmm. you could hear it. Uh, right. So, yeah. So that takes a while and, you know, it just depends on how you do it. I know a lot of podcasters, they just go for it and they record and that's how they release it. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to do that, but I'm too anal. I just cannot let it go. I've got to take <laughs> off the, not the ums and the ahs and the, and the weird pauses and stuff. So I, you know, I, I can't just, you know, let someone like I say, um a lot myself. So yeah, I, do, I spend a lot of time cutting that part out so that I'm, I don't sound like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my guest as well, cause you get, you get some people who every other word is, um, cause they're trying <laughs> to think of how they want to word, word something. And after a while, I know as a listener, that gets kind of annoying. So right, I know a lot right. of podcasters, uh, edit that part out. So it's not, not that, you know, it's something that's, you know, horrible that we do. It's just something we do to make it easier for our listeners. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm the king of um myself, you know, I must be the, uh, maybe, uh, I'm the East coast king of, um, <laughs> when yeah. it comes to speaking and things like that. And it's because I'm in thoughts and I want to make sure, you know, what I'm saying, I, I, I like to think out what I say first. And I end up saying, um, a lot, even more than I notice, you know, I go back and listen to the recordings. I'm like, my God, you know, every other word is like, um, so I have to go back and I do you know, editing myself. You know, it was funny one time is I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably, you, I use audacity and, oh, I do too. um, one of the things that you can see on there is usually the ums look alike. So when you go through and you're editing, you can kind of almost see where the ums are. Um, as the you know audio file is going by another thing that was funny is one of the interviews I did, somebody must've been holding a, uh, cordless phone up to their head. And I think their cheek or something kept hitting a number. Oh, so every okay. so often you get a beep, beep, but that sound looked the same the whole way through. And he was doing it a lot. So I was able to go through and 
pretty much see where it was. It, it actually looked like a, just a rectangle instead of like being an odd shape and made it really easy to edit and everything. And I was able to get those out and get the thing edited. Well, um, I've had a couple of people say, well, yeah, I, I wish I didn't say that. Could you edit that out? And I'll be like, sure, that's no problem. That's no problem too, but you know, editing and making sure that it sounds good before you get it out. And a lot of it is trial and error. I agree. Now, do you have a background in recording or music or anything like that yourself? No, I'm a visual artist, a painter and sculptor, and that's the only, you know, background in the arts that I have. And I consider right? podcasting an art, uh, but no, I've, I've never been in a band or did any recording and handled that kind of thing okay. other than making mixtapes. That's about as close as I come to <laughs> doing something like that. Jeez. Oh, you know, I, I think back about the technology that we had back then or the lack thereof and you know, how we actually made recordings and even not even just for a podcast or anything, I'm talking about a tape to listen to, you know, a lot of times, even before I had the means to, you know, money to go out and buy albums and things like that. A lot of times it was just one of those black tape recorders and I'd sit there and watch MTV and wait for a song that I like to come up and hit play and record. <laughs> yeah. People I used to do that with the radio. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Back, back before MTV was even around, you know, 59. So mm-hmm. born in 61. So yeah. when I was a, when I was a teenager in the seventies, that's what I would do is listen to the radio and wait for the song, to come on and then hit the record button. Mm-hmm. So, you you'd always cut off the first couple of measures till you realized what it was, or you'd always have the DJ speaking at the beginning or the end. Uh, I remember those days myself because I did actually kind of move up from using just the black, you know, you know, the black tape recorder you would listen to in school whenever they would, we would have AV lessons or anything. It was always that black tape recorder with one speaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when John Lennon was, was murdered, I, inter- I, recorded that full day afterwards oh wow uh, Wow. with all the song and all the music Mm -hmm. and in the people talking about him and things like that and i wish i still had those cds Mm -hmm. uh not Mm -hmm. cds um cassettes right right yeah gosh i mean that that was just one of the things i mean i'm 51 so i was in middle school when that happened and i remember that day too because you know we get to school and you know and you know actually we get up in the morning and my alarm clock would always go off to um you know, I guess it was around six o'clock in the morning and they were just playing nothing. You know, of course, all the rock and roll stations, my, I had a clock radio that would start and, you know, go off at six o'clock in the morning and you know, went to the rock station. And then the DJs were all talking about it and playing Beatles and John Lennon songs all day. And it was just one of those things that was a landmark day, a day that would live in infamy, I guess, for people in our age group. Uh, and a little bit older too. um, anybody that grew up with him, um, just one of those days that we always remember. And, you know, there's so much, you know, footage and recordings. And even today, sometimes people even rebroadcast that stuff on radio shows, et cetera, just to, you know, to listen back on it, you know, to kind of remember that person and what that day was like. Yeah. I remember back when Nixon was being, um, impeached right right yeah my 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 neighbor she recorded the whole thing up from the tv mm-hmm, and because mm-hmm. she knew his history things have, have changed so much now you could pretty much anything that's going on on tv or in the news you can get on youtube yeah i already yeah. recorded so it's, you know people don't kids don't relate to that mm-hmm. these days um because everything is re- really to, at their fingertips over the internet Right. Uh, which is really cool. I think the internet is something just, fa- you know, fantastic. I keep, you know, talking with my mother, she's 85. 
Well, she just turned 86. Uh, oh. And, you know, talking, talking to her about how things have changed that, you know, when we want to know something about a, a subject, we had to go to the world, world uh, encyclopedia and mm-hmm. look it up. Now yep. we just go to Google and query it. And there we go. We have our answer. And it, mm-hmm. uh, it's just fantastic. And, and kids, I don't think, really have that appreciation of it because they've grown up with it. Oh, right, 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 right. And, you know, another thing is that, you know, again, you know, when it came to writing a paper and things like that, you know, we would go to the library, manually look through the card catalog, you know, find the book on the shelf, take notes. And they always taught us how to, whenever we were writing a paper, at least when I was growing up, they told us how to make note cards and to write down the page right, of the book yeah. that you found it in and to put all your notes and everything together. You know, you know it's really funny. You know, technology has made things a lot easier in a lot of ways where you can just look things up and everything's at your fingertips. But I taught college for six years and I taught a more of a technical thing. It wasn't really an academic subject like English. It was occupational safety and health. And it was a course. It was like a degree program for construction workers and people that were going into construction management and also the safety field. So I would give them a paper to do. And a lot of the folks that I had in class were steel workers. Uh, there was a steel plant that closed down and the company was putting these guys through a college course um, in construction management so they could update their skills and find other jobs. So I had these guys in class that hadn't been in school, some of them 30, 35, 40 years. And they never wrote papers back then because they were always in shop or Votech or something like that. And, um, some of them, you know, really made a good effort. You know, they went to the writing center and figured out how to do a paper, but they also, um, I've had a number of them just cut and paste things off of Wikipedia. And I said, you know, no, no, you don't do that because we can tell we have software. We can run your paper through and you'll be nailed. You're going straight to the academic board, had a couple of people still try it and everything, but, um, you know, you still, what people are not remembering is that you still have to create an original document and have original thoughts in there. Not only just, not just grab the research and cut it and regurgitate it to your professor, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's tempting. I'm sure for a lot of, a lot of kids that are in school now and, and mm-hmm. people in college to want to do that for sure. Uh, Cause I know that uh, when I was in college, the big thing was having somebody else write your paper. I never <laughs> did that, but you know, there was always somebody who went to the, co- went to the university who was making money mm-hmm. on the side, writing papers for other, for other people. And yep. you had to really be careful of that because they, uh, the professors would realize that, I guess, because they sounded like so-and-so, you know, or, I, you know, he, this paper sounds like it was written by the guy I had in class last year, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. It seems like those are always the career student guys that you would see around. They had side businesses writing papers for people or selling papers to people. And they were also the ones that would probably buy the underage kids beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was always that guy, you know, everybody knew that guy, the older guy, who was like 30 and hadn't graduated yet, was just hanging around the student lounge and everything. And, uh, that was his hustle. <laughs> so I, I, so again, you, you kind of seem to be somebody like me who loves a good story. What are, yeah, could you, would you be willing to name a couple of the favorite ones that you've heard, or maybe just tell us a little bit about some of the favorite stories you've heard from your guests or refer a couple of uh, favorite episodes to us? Sure. I, I just, the episode that I just released this week is on Liz Priestley, who oh, I is love an up and coming actress who um, just made a film with uh, Idris Elba. 
mm-hmm. and her very first film. And she plays this. She plays his wife. It hasn't come out yet. It's coming out on uh, Netflix at some point in the new mm-hmm. year here. Uh, and, and so I, I really encourage people to, to to watch that. I know that Idris Elba is huge, mm-hmm. and um, and Liz being her first film and playing next to him was just a great opportunity for her. And she's very very nice, very sweet. Oh, and I, I, you know, and I bet you anything she's gonna get you know nominated for an Academy Award. Oh yeah, um, for oh, this yeah. this role. I just, I just get to have this feeling about it. And and yet she's been interviewed by quite a few people on the SJ Network, mm-hmm. and we all kind of have the same idea about her that you know she was fabulous wonderful to work with and gave a really good interview and that she is someone who is going to be big one day and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know we kind of are fortunate to have her star tied to ours in mm-hmm. such early on you know because it's going to be someday she's going to be a big person she is and the thing is too is that she's so well-rounded and has talents in so many areas and and the fact too is that she's such a nice person on top of it all um I actually knew her before SJ uh, because we have actually, believe it or not, coincidentally, we have the same manager and I met her through my manager a while back and she's just delightful. You know, she's very, very down to earth, you know, extremely talented, but she's not stuck up or anything. Um, she's not somebody who's difficult to speak to. She's very regular person. If you know what I mean. And, um, just, a delightful person. If she doesn't get an Academy award, maybe not for this role. Again, I haven't seen the movie, so I couldn't tell you there's something coming to her down the line. I oh, know because yeah. she's got the chops and she's got such well-rounded talent. Something's going to come her way, whether it be stage or screen or TV or musical or something. I know it's coming her way. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt, you know, she's one of the ones that we were lucky to get to know on the ground floor, you know? Yeah. Uh, another episode that I recorded back in uh, September of 2019 mm-hmm. was with Scott H. Silverman, uh, the one that uh, I met him at, mm-hmm. and he gave his story, which I've already said a little bit about uh, what had happened when he uh, he went to New York uh, at one point for a conference and he was still in the middle of his drug addiction. He calls himself a walking pharmacy or unlicensed pharmacist because he had so much medication on him and, and alcohol and so forth. And I, I believe he also sold medications as well. This is back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, so when he was in New York and he had a breakdown and he was sitting on the window ledge ready to jump and somebody came in and stopped him. And that's when he decided that, you know, he needed help. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, so he tells his story from the very beginning and through to when he decided to seek help and joined AA and, got got his life back together and now he's a life coach life crisis coach and a very very interesting interview so i, mm-hmm. I encourage people to go back in september i mean february of uh i'm sorry september of 2019 mm-hmm. and listen to that episode yeah he, i've had him on my show too and he's very interesting he, he told me a lot of things that i didn't know about drug use and things that people do um the thing that's kind of strange about it is that, you know, I played in bands for years, especially back in the eighties and I would be in clubs and I would see these things going on, but there are so many other things that I was just completely oblivious to, (laughs) you know, thinking back now, things that people do to hide addiction and things that people do to get drugs. Um, You know, one thing that he told me that I thought was interesting was 
when people, sometimes people will go to an open house and they would you know, pretend that they weren't, they're interested in buying a house and they go in the bathroom and they look for the people's medications in the medicine cabinet and take them. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's something. Um, and he has a, uh, uh, website called safe homes coalition. Yes. Yes. Where they go in and they have drop-off points and uh, like at uh, CVS pharmacy or Walgreens or something like that for you to take your old medications to dispose of, because you can't just throw them away. If they go into the landfill, they can contaminate the water supply, the, you know, groundwater supply. Mm -hmm. So they have to be destroyed, you know, a certain way, mainly by fire. They uh, right. incinerate right. them. But uh, these certain locations will collect the medications that you have that are that are old that have been in your your medicine cabinet and so forth. And you know now the opioid epidemic is so bad, mm -hmm. and there's something called fentanyl, which is a opioid opioid derivative that is very very strong. It's really pure, mm -hmm. and it's cheap. So a lot of these borderline or whatever the people in mexico or china who make these illegal drugs that are counterfeit will use fentanyl to cut the oh yeah the, to to go further so it'll go further mm -hmm. and you want to buy you think you're buying xanax which is a popular uh anti-anxiety medication that a lot of people like to use you think you're buying xanax off the street and what you're getting is xanax with um uh, with uh fentanyl Oh and yeah. People, yeah. a lot of people have died that way because they, they're getting that fentanyl and they're overdosing, not realizing they have opioids and something that's called Xanax. So it's not Xanax is itself is not an opioid. It's a different kind of medication, mm -hmm. but it's mixed with this fentanyl, which is an opioid. And you wind up being, you know, either getting addicted or, or dying from it. It's just really horrible, but you have to be real careful these days. If you're a drug addict and you're getting your medications off the street, mm -hmm. uh, back, my brother who passed away back in the eighties, uh, was a drug addict and, but he got his medications from doctors. He went to like, he, had, he may have had 10 doctors that he went to, mm -hmm. to get medications and, you know, none of them knew of the other one and that's how he did it. But, uh, today, if, if you're getting your medications off the street, you have to be really careful. You really do. I'm from Baltimore and, um, I don't live there anymore. I live, I guess about 50 miles away still in Maryland, but I live um, in a small town uh, near the Delaware border now, but I grew up and lived in Baltimore. God, until I was about 40 lived around that area. I was probably a little older than 40. And then um, you would hear about it on the news all the time, this fentanyl. And you know, not only would they mix it with, I guess, opioids that people are getting on the street, and, but what they would do is they would mix it with heroin that people would shoot up with. And it doesn't take a lot of fentanyl to kill somebody, but these people were shooting up a lot of it. And I can remember one time on the news, I guess people were, they must've just gotten this batch of heroin out onto the street and people were coming by and buying it. it and within like a two hour time frame, there were like 22 overdoses. I mean, the ambulances were just running around like crazy, getting these people and trying to save them. And I think if I'm not mistaken, a good number of them actually died from that dose of heroin with fentanyl in it. 
It's insane what's going on with that. Yeah, it's a really bad drug. And fortunately, they have something called Narcan now, which is a medication that they can give somebody yeah. who's overdosing, who hasn't mm-hmm. died yet, but who is overdosing on uh, opioids, and that would knock them out of it immediately. I think you, the way it, way it works is you spray it up the nose like you do a, an inhaler, mm-hmm. and that uh, kicks them out of the, the opioid a funk they're in or whatever before they pass away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. fortunately that that's available. And I think a lot of the police and first responders now carry it. Uh, and, and it's something that you should look into if you have a, if you have a loved one who, you know, is addicted to heroin and, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not a, it's not a blind drug. You know, if someone's addicted to something like that. You kind of know it mm-hmm. after a while, especially heroin, but you have that handy on you. You know, like if you're the father or the mother and your son is uh, addicted to heroin, you know, mm-hmm. they, a lot of, a lot of these parents are getting the Narcan so they could just in case something happens to their son or their daughter, they could, uh, you know, step in quickly and, and give them some help. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I teach CPR and first aid classes and, um, that's something in the last few years, the folks that come up with the materials that you teach, it's usually either the red cross, the heart association, my certificate, my training credentials are through the national safety council, but that's something they've started teaching in the last few years has been um, about Narcan and, um, you know, things like that, that can bring somebody out of an overdose or help save them from an overdose. That's something that, you know, a lot of information is getting out about that. And I think it has saved a lot of people, which is a good thing, you know, uh, just, you know, the, the next step is, you know, not having them in that situation again, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's something that's been a really uh, popular thing over the last few years. As a matter of fact, another SJ network guest that I had, and I don't know if you've had her on your show yet. Shannon Wilson uh, was yes, just a, yeah, well, she was just in a movie called Snow Babies. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't yet. Oh, let me tell you that that it's it's a movie. It's about drug addiction. It's about a family. Uh, the regular, you know, um, picket fence family, uh, suburban, you know, picket fence, uh, regular middle class family. Uh, they have a daughter who ends up getting involved in drugs, and. Something else I was kind of talking to Scott Silverman about when I had him on my show was some of the things that people do to cover up drug addiction in the movie they were showing, and I'm not going to give away the whole movie. Um, in the movie, they actually were showing these people that were using heroin, injecting the needle into their tongues. So nobody would see needle marks on their arms. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, um, I don't even like it when I'm eating a sandwich and I bite my tongue, <laughs> let alone something oh, yeah. like that. But there are so many things out there. And I, and that movie, not only is it very well done, but had a very, very valuable lesson with it. And I think it kind of would give parents some ideas of things to look for and think about if they ever you know, thought that their children were on drugs. I mean, there was a lot of things in that. It was a very well done movie, I will say. Um, there were a lot of things in that movie that were just hard to watch. Uh, but I would say I would highly recommend that anybody watch that uh, because, you know, such a valuable lesson comes with it. What uh, is that on one of the streaming services? Um, yeah, it was on I don't know, Amazon Prime. I think it's on Amazon Prime. 
It's okay. called Snow Babies. It's S N O Babies. Also features another Foul Players radio guest, Ken Arnold, who plays um, Shannon Wilson's husband in that movie. It, it, it was a very well done movie, well done, well acted, and everything. I really, you know, I enjoyed the movie, but damn, there's some stuff in there that was hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, you, you know, you mentioned. Uh, shooting up drugs in your tongue. I know a lot of them used like between their toes, the women their toes and things yeah. like that, or their fingers, and um, just so that they, they don't have the track marks. But uh, mm-hmm. so they'll, yeah, they they will do what they can to hide it if possible. Mm-hmm. It's, Absolutely, it's unfortunate. You know, if if more of them were honest and let somebody know that hey, you know, I've got this thing that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, watch out for me. You know, that would be better. You know, oh, but yeah. uh, so that's that's horrible what you were talking about when somebody when they had the like 20 a day or 20 within two hours overdosing that's just overwhelming i'm sure for mm-hmm. the first responders and the police and all that so mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah that fentanyl stay away from it folks right right absolutely absolutely so how do you like working with these guys on the coast to coast show that's great uh we um we've you know like i said the podcasters going in and out mm-hmm. I, I i'm usually the only constant one there as the okay. as the uh, the host but uh i try to have like a guest host so, so so they can take over the show and i don't have to do it every episode so right you know, right I'm, like i said i'm not a funny guy but um <laughs> so we try to you know it's we try to rotate and I, you haven't been on it yet which i'm sure is something you're you know you will be i was soon. on it i was on it um on I, it? yeah i think late august i was on it with um i was on it and I think Christopher Stolly and Don Smith. That was one. Oh, with. okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll come I think back. That was one of the episodes I wasn't on. Yeah. Oh, always. So, uh, you know, you're invited back anytime. So in fact, I'm, I'm going to put out a call to see who is interested in doing another episode. Cause we haven't, we didn't, haven't done one through November. This is all I think the last one we did. So we've missed December and we're, into January. So I think it's time to bring it back. We tried to do one a month at least. Right, right, or right. Two a month. But uh, so it's not something that comes out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about an hour long show. And, you know, like I said, we try to be funny. We talk about <laughs> things like movie soundtracks and, or, remakes of films and, and just just whatever we can kind of all agree on that mm-hmm. is an interesting topic that we could talk about and you know not always funny because we talked about the covid uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. and you know that wasn't you know a, a chuckle a minute when we talked about that because it's such a serious subject mm-hmm. but uh you know we do try to keep it light if possible we talked about the greatest american hero when okay. i was on uh, we talked about that and we talked a bit about people that aren't tech savvy <laughs> people that are resistant to it um, they're not not yeah. only are they just not tech savvy they're just not willing to become tech savvy uh they just don't feel like they need it you know i, I know some people nowadays you know and i i've kind of i've kind of rolled with the punches like i'm not as good as a millennial or i whatever is after millennials as far as technology but i can st- i can hold my own Now, I do know some people out there, their first thought, for example, if they get, you know, a new TV and they're trying to set it up or if something's wrong, you know, my first thought, you know, and I've kind of adapted into this is to look it up, you know, get out my phone and look it up, Um, go to the website. You know, there's, I still have friends that are like, well, is there an 800 number to call? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, and there's, it, it just seems like light years apart that is, but it actually kind of evolved from the 800 number into having a website where you can look things up and figure things out for yourself, you know? Well, YouTube is such a great educational tool. It's yeah. not just, you know, music videos and, and TV shows and things like that, but mm -hmm. you can ask almost anything on YouTube and find an answer with somebody on there demonstrating how it's done, how it's put mm -hmm. together, what you need to know. Uh, so, I mean, if you're, if you're one of the types that can train yourself, mm -hmm. I think YouTube is probably the best route to go. Right. Uh, Google does really well as well. Uh, and just Google on a subject and finding the right website that sounds interesting and like it might be, mm -hmm. uh, very comprehensive and what you need to know. But, um, uh, for the go-to for me is, has been YouTube. That's how I taught myself how to podcast and edit and things like that. So. I think you've made it in this world whenever you've invented something and it becomes a verb. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> I YouTube it. <laughs> yeah, I YouTube it. I Googled it. Or even back years ago, I Xeroxed it. You know, <laughs> or, or faxed it. Yeah, I faxed it. I Xeroxed it. Yeah, I <laughs> all those other things. And and the thing is, you know, I I, I guess uh, uh, I think it's been a while since I've actually seen an actual copier that was a Xerox. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they're out of business. Yeah. I don't know if they're, yeah, maybe they, uh, well, I guess we'll have to look it up online and find yeah. out huh? <laughs> to Google. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Let's Google it. Let's Google it to see if we can still Xerox or she would even be saying Xeroxing, you know? <laughs> well, you maybe, know, maybe if the, the print is too small, I'll put on my spectacles to see, you know, <laughs> you know we, we keep saying Google and that's not the only search engine. I mean, there's like mm -hmm. Yahoo and mm -hmm. there used to be one called, uh, ask Jeeves where you would just ask yes. a question and he would, yes. he would give you the answers and so forth. But mm -hmm. it seems like Google has become the, the a huge mon monolith of, of knowledge now that, you know, with Google Chrome and all that, and you have, mm -hmm. to have a browser called Chrome that right. I like to use. Um, so it, it, it's just, it's amazing the, the, how things work out like Facebook when it mm -hmm. was first, first started, it was kind of small and then it got bigger and bigger. And now it's, it's huge. It's, it, I think it's way bigger than it needs to be, but it is huge. It's huge. Uh, and it's scary. And you know what? Tom from MySpace got completely redheaded stepchild over that whole thing. I uh, know it. He, cause MySpace was such a big thing. And then YouTube yep. kind of, I mean, uh, Facebook came along and mm -hmm. everybody switched over to Facebook and there was, you know, Tom left without any friends, poor Tom, you know, and the, and Tom never, Tom never blocked people for their opinion. Tom never kept your information and sold it to anybody. Tom just wanted to have a party. Yep. <laughs> Poor Tom. You know, I was actually going to go back and open up a MySpace account just because I felt bad. Well, you know, they're still around. And they are. They it's, are. It's, it's mostly music now. It is. It is mostly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I consider going back and opening a, uh, an account so I can post my you know, my podcast episodes on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I actually did, I went and opened an account, but then I kind of let it go and I just didn't, didn't record, mm -hmm. didn't post to it anymore. So, yeah. And then the thing is too, is that there are, have been other social media platforms opening up. I opened up a page on one called me, we, but I can't find anybody I know on there. I think I have like nine friends or something. And it got to the point where they didn't find any other friends either. So I think my account is just kind of sitting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, know, I've never, I've never the same heard nine of friends. Um, it's me. We, um, there was parlor. Uh, but the thing is, I think parlor 
I think they're probably getting people to go there and post their opinions. So somebody can spy on them or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to get into conspiracy theories or anything, but, um, I think there was just, you know, people with certain opinions were all kind of flocking over there. And I'm just afraid that that's not going to end well for people. Um, I'm just looking for places. Truthfully. The thing is, is, you know, I want to entertain people and have fun. You know, nobody wants to hear me on my soapbox because nobody cares. I don't want to, I don't get on my soapbox anymore, except for maybe with a friend or something, you know, like in close quarters or something like that. But, you know, I'd rather make people laugh and have a good time because there's just way too many depressing things out there in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to share stories with people like you, you know? Well, you know, something I've discovered, you probably heard of it and maybe involved with it is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn too. It, yeah. It, 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 um, it's mainly a job finding outlet, but it's also a social network now. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I post all my episodes for my podcast on LinkedIn as well. Me too. Me too. So yeah, it gets, get some exposure there. And there's another one called alignable, which I've kind of let go. I was into it at, at, at first when it first started, came, when it first came out, but I kind of let it go. I need to get mm-hmm. back to it. Um, it's not, I've got a, a program that is a, um, what do you call it? When you automatically sends out, you can, you can schedule social media, uh, posts and I'll send them out when you oh, schedule it. Right, 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 so right. I've right, got a, right. I'm not gonna mention the program cause I had to pay for it. And I don't think they, they need the, the, uh, the plug, but <laughs> so yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I, I do that, but they're not alignable. It's not available. It's not one of the available social media on mm-hmm. that program that I'm using. So I, I really don't go into alignable that much anymore. Cause I have to go in each time and physically do it with the program I have that it's a social media schedule, or I can, I can schedule, you know, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, not, not YouTube. I'm sorry. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the other one is, but anyway, so there's five different, uh, social medias that I can, I can post to at the same time, which makes mm. it really easy. I just, well, that- you know, I schedule it the day I release the show and then, you know, it, it, it re-releases my, uh, social media mm-hmm. you know, like five days in a row or every Wednesday for a month mm-hmm. like that, you know? Right. 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 I, I, I put my stuff up on Twitter too, but what I tend to do is just end up just putting a link to the episode up there without much commentary. Um, the, the fine line you walk on Twitter is that, you know, people are just brutal on Twitter. You may find somebody on Facebook who's just as sweet as pie, but you put them on Twitter and all of a sudden here comes the inner beast. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so I I put my episodes up on Twitter. Occasionally, if I get an acting job or if I look back over something, or if I'm looking on my computer and I find a picture from an old acting job that I did, I'll post it up there. But the thing is, if you're nice on Twitter, nobody cares but I don't want to be a jerk on Twitter because I want people to, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be a, you know, one of these horrible Twitter people, you know, I want to be, uh, you know, there's no more need for that. I don't think, you know, I want to be, um, you know, like I said, an ambassador of goodwill going forward. And, you know, I guess maybe I'll just be boring on Twitter then. I don't know, but, um, I, I am growing in numbers on there. So I do thank people for that. Yeah. What I, what I like about Twitter is the hashtags you can, yeah, you can yeah. kind of personalize where people will see your, your post. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, like there's one called Potter and family, 
podcast headquarters mm-hmm. and um, Pod Nation. I think those are the three that I like to make sure that I I tag in each of my my uh, posts, and that way mm-hmm. people who follow Potter and Family or po- follow Podcast Nation uh, can find my episodes every time they look at it. Hmm. Uh, I, I released one that was with a guy that uh, worked for Saturday Night Live for like ten years. Hmm. Uh, his name is uh, Zonars. His last name I can't remember his first name, but I released that on Saturday Night Live and SNL hashtags, hmm. uh, and got a lot of response just from doing that. Oh, and okay. another one was uh, Jeff Voorhees from Jaws, who played Alex Kintner, the the kid who got eaten on the Oh, lab. okay, okay. I, okay. I, I entered his under Jaws hashtag Jaws. And got a lot of response from from focusing on that hashtag, so the people who followed that hashtag saw my episode or right. saw how to how to get to it. Mm-hmm. So it, it really helps. You know, that's the one you just got to play around with Twitter because you can't say a lot. You can't give a a paragraph mm-hmm. of explanation of why you should watch this episode because mm-hmm. you only have a certain n- number of letters you can use in a in a post. <laughs> Isn't so that the truth? Yeah. So it's a mess. Yeah. I wish I wish there was more space for twitter i would like it a lot better <laughs> isn't that the truth i guess if people are going to be so brutal on there i guess they kind of have you have to have at least be creative in your brutality on there and try to <laughs> figure yeah. out yeah, do it in so many letters you yeah know? How, how brutal can you be in three words you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. isn't that the truth isn't that the truth you know but uh but yeah but you know i i you know i've really enjoyed you know being you know, in, in the podcasting world now, I mean, there, there's just so much good content out there and, you know, everybody's got such a different perspective on it. Everybody puts out different things they like to hear. And even though, I mean, there's a lot of them out there that maybe I didn't get hooked on, but I do enjoy going back to from time to time. And, you know, there's, you know, not to say anything bad about terrestrial radio, because obviously, you know, we evolved from that. But the thing is, that's good about this is you can play your same episode over and over and over again. If you enjoyed the story or whatever it was you were listening to, you can always keep it in your archives. Um, You can, you know, find other topics you can listen to. I I think podcasts are good for long road trips or long commutes or something like that. Or if you're in the car for a long time, you don't have to deal with uh, a lot of commercials. I mean, of course, you know, we have sponsors and things like that where we play their ads but it's not overdone, you know? Yeah. I listen to podcasts and play solitaire. So I'm focusing mm-hmm. on the solitaire and listening to the podcast. And that's really, for me, it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm actually paying for uh sword and scales. Um, plus it's oh, $5, okay. $5 a month. And I have access to the episode with no commercials and mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, they have an extra episode they, they put out every week or every two weeks that, uh, there's like 87 of them now. So mm-hmm. when I, when I, cause I've caught up on the, the main, the main feed, mm-hmm. the free feed, I've caught up on all those episodes, 200 something episodes. And, uh, so now I, I had access to like 87 more episodes that I hadn't, you know, hadn't mm-hmm. listened to. So for $5 a month, it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, another one called, uh, the basement yard, which is really kind of, a uh, the, the host is, is like 29 years old, but he acts like he's 16. He's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, not kind of toilet humor and things like that. So, but anyway, I kind of enjoy that because that's my light 
type mm-hmm. of episode I listen to that's almost funny. You know, it's not it's not hilarious, but it's it's a little bit light humor, and I can I can deal with it to kind of get away from the the true crime and the seriousness of the other podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Another podcast I love is uh, oh damn it, it's, it's, I just forgot it. The title of it. Uh, okay, well, never mind. We won't talk about that. <laughs> That's cool. That's it'll cool. come back to me in a little bit, or two o'clock in the morning, it'll come to me. Yep, there's so many good ones out there. I mean, I, the ones that I kind of like are, are ones that are sort of in the vein of what I do too. I, I enjoy uh, Dom Herrera's got a good one. Um, Larry Miller, I, Larry Miller just hung it up. He uh, just released his last episode. Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Eddie Trunk. I really like him a lot. I'm an old metalhead from back in the eighties. So that's right up my alley there. Again, you know, the sword and scales. And like I said, the, uh, true crime garages and some of the other ones that deal with true crime and those stories I enjoy too. Um, but I just, again, I, I really love interviews and hearing people's stories and their journeys and everything. And, you know, it, it's again, so much good content out there and everything. So, um, so Michael, tell us what you, now is the time in the program where you're going to give us all of your shameless plugs. You're going to plug shamelessly. And I do mean shamelessly, and I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. I'm going to mainly plug in a city like yours. So you can follow me on Facebook under in a city like yours podcast and on Instagram under in a city like yours podcast. Uh, on Twitter, I A C L Y S podcast. It was too long to have interested in like yours written out on Twitter because they only give you a little bit of space to do your <laughs> your name. Uh, and then also online at uh, com. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on. I mean, you like I said, we've been kind of you know, in the same circle for a while here and finally we get a chance to meet and talk and everything and i've really enjoyed getting to know you and everything so well thank you we've talked for an hour and it's just gone by so fast i can't believe we've already talked that long it, we, we absolutely have we absolutely have so um well folks you've been listening to michael glenn moore on foul players radio and um like i said check out his podcasts check out the other ones that he works with not only his you know in a city like yours but also you know, Scott Silverman's happy hour, check them all out. They're all very well done and we will see you next time. This is foul players radio signing off. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Christopher Stolle of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also, you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast, In a City Like Yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. 
You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYS Podcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours. Hey, this is Don Smith from the Life Radio Show. If you've always wanted to learn more about the world of low-budget filmmaking and even lower-budget comedy, tune into the Life Radio Show. You can live stream the show at WWSU1069.org on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Or find us wherever you find podcasts and like and follow the Life Radio Show on Facebook for live video and other shenanigans. Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com. That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, enjoy the show.